And they tell me how to shoot with a steady hand. I guess that's something you don't understand. Welcome back to another episode of All American Wing Shooting Podcast. Today we have Corey Tart. He is with the Dog Park way up in South Dakota. And we met, I think, through Dogtra. Yeah. 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 Dogtra and through uh, Pheasant Fest. You know, it's always, <clears throat> it's a dog world is a big world, but it's once you're in it, it's, it's pretty small. I mean, it's uh, everyone kind of knows everybody, but eventually you bump into somebody. I know. Knows, I feel so. like, I feel like Pheasant Fest is like the bird dog family reunion. Yeah. 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 Everyone it, it kind of wish, you know, I, I run a lot of booths when we go there with, with the lodge and with, with the kennel um, and then helping out with, with, you know, some of our partners and things like that. But um, I don't, I was talking about this with my wife um, a couple of years ago. Like I've never actually like sat and enjoyed like walked around pheasant fest. So like it's always just been complete work. And it's like, man, I, like it's a, there's a difference to it. Just being able to go see yeah. everyone. And, you know, we try to get there a little early, like most of us do uh, for the booth and we'll go see each other or something like that and kind of hang out for a little bit until they open the doors. But um, yeah, it's as soon as the doors open, it's, it's pretty much chaos. It really is, but it's, it is the most fun. It is, it's just so much fun because somehow, <laughs> every single person in that building is connected and it yeah, really yeah. is like our world really is that small. So you could accidentally bump into somebody be like, Oh, so sorry. And then no, be like, like some Southern, yeah, your mama's cousins, sisters, brothers, whatever, you know, and everybody ends up connected in that room and you really do feel that vibe there. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, the competition side of dogs, whether it be labs or pointers um, or the breeding side, um, you know, everyone knows pedigrees and the people that are in the world know pedigrees, but, um, trainers, guides, outfitters, like it's all, there's always a, there's a connection there, no matter where you go. And there's always mm-hmm. hunters and fishermen anyway, always have something to relate to. And it's, it's always a fun, I love being in this world because like, it's, it's all stories, it's all hunting stories, hunting and fishing stories. I mean, I grew up with my grandpa and my uncles, and my dad telling hunting and fishing stories. And now when I go meet new people or people from the past that I haven't seen in a while because they live across the country, we get together and we tell dog stories and hunting stories and fishing stories. I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's a cool world to be in. <clears throat> so where did you grow up? I grew up in Michigan, uh, Sparta, Michigan, <clears throat> and uh, Grand Rapids area. Um, I got my first German short hair when I was Twelve or thirteen. Uh, my grandpa always had short hairs, and we used to go grouse hunting and stuff like that. Uh, pheasant hunting around there, but um, a lot of kind of put and take lodges and properties. But <clears throat> you know, fell in love with watching a pointer work. Um, and you know, they weren't the best trained dogs in the world, but they were. That you know, you don't know any different when you're a kid. You're going out there, and the dogs yeah. are going out making retrieves, making points. Some of them are catwalking. You know, things I know now. Um, you look back, you're like, Poof, they, they're a little rough, but, um, you know, when you're a kid getting into it, it's, it's kind of magical to see that bond between the dog and then see what you can do in the field with as a team. So, oh my God. And I fell in love with the grouse woods. Um, there's something so magical about it. It is so hard. It's, it's like quail hunting on steroids almost because the birds fly so fast. You've got, I mean, you rely more on your ears than anything you just yeah, you know yeah. you just end up shooting in the direction you hear take off and um it was it really was like a whole new experience it was like rediscovering bird hunting again when i met the grouse woods yeah when i would go down to uh georgia we guide a little bit train some dogs for people down there some outfitters and things like everyone wanted to come up and go to michigan and you know try a grouse hunt rough grouse hunt and maybe some yeah. woodcock or something like that and it's like well, what what's it like? And it's, you know, I always try to explain it and never really <clears throat> came up with a good explanation. until I was like, take quail hunting and then get in the closet and then yeah. try to hunt in the closet. I mean, that's, <laughs> there's some areas where you're, it's tight. <laughs> and everything's poking you and, um, scratching you and, 
and it's really hard to mount your gun and mm -hmm. yeah i mean the whole thing is it was so much fun and taterbug loved it too because i know you have two kids that you just tow around too and yeah so for her to make as many passes as she had through the swamp and everything else i'm like okay kid like you're such a trooper but she got her short hair when she was three okay and um so I'm like, okay, that's how we ended up in labs is because I was like, what did I do? I got her a dog that she can't be like fully independent with until she's way older. Like she made yeah, an age yeah. out of the dog because you can't just turn a kid loose with a gun in a field, you know? And so right, um, right. I didn't get into the hunt test world on the pointer side. So um, I just, I had always been exposed to that with the labs, even though um, Rick and Brenda are like, queen and king of that world uh i just i don't know why i just never really fell in my path so that's how we ended up in the lab world yeah i never did a lot of uh like field trials with the pointers um with my kennel my kennel in michigan was was a was a different name it was great lakes retrievers uh when we lived there but um it doesn't really bode well for south dakota name so um but when we, you know, I started off as just run hunt tests and field trials with the labs and it's, that's a, it's a fun world to do. Cause it, you know, you love the bond when you're hunting, but to go up against other guys and the camaraderie um, and other dogs and teams and everything like that, it's, it's, uh, there's something else about it in the lab world and, and the pointers as well. I, I mean, I've watched a lot of them, but just, I've always with my pointers of just the focus has always been hunting or guiding. Um, I mean, I guess that's basically the same thing, but making sure they're good enough to be able to just kind of drop on the ground and, you know, take a few guys out, uh, whether we were in Georgia or Michigan or Wisconsin yeah. or South Dakota now. So, well, you gotta, you gotta test, um, yourself with this tournament hunting thing because I miss it. Like tournament hunting season is like back in full swing and, Nick, who I met through there, he's now working here. And we were talking the other day because he was getting some texts from the guys that we tournament hunted with. And like, I'm like, okay, I, I actually miss it more than I thought I would. When I yeah. knew at the end of season last year, it's like, okay, well, I got to move on to the next thing. Um, But there is just something so cool. And, you know, pushing your dog to that master level or whatever. I, I mean, you're right. Like, you don't need that in the hunting field. And there's so many hunters that we meet that say, well, I don't need that level of dog. But when you get to that level and you have that bond and that experience and that, that team effort. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my God. Like, it is the coolest thing to be able to have a language with your dog like that. And, and oh, I've yeah. won I'm not, just I'm not because I ran this taking dog. the dogs to those levels. I, I, I think everyone should try to take their dogs to that level because yeah. it builds the bond. I mean, the, the bond that you have with the dog is, is unbreakable by the time you get to that level. And I used to travel, I mean, I was like every other hunt test guy out there, you know, from April until October, it was every weekend. And then living in Michigan, you know, they shut down hunt tests. It's frozen yeah. up there. So I'd leave for four months and go to Georgia and, yeah, you know, it was just, it was so tough to kind of get everything, um, go. And I, I love it. And I've, I've, we've talked about getting back into competitions and, you know, playing with it a little bit and, you know, got some clients that still want to do the things. And even if it was just my dogs, but, um, right. so hyper competitive that like dabbling I know, in it. That's what like I'm saying. You've got to try the hunt test. You got to try it. I mean, not the hunt test, but the tournament hunting, just because yeah, yeah. especially with your short hairs, it is a blast, but yep. yeah, I mean, there is something about competing with your dog is just, I'm, I'm going to feel that for forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do it at some extent. I'm just or uh, uh, extent. I'm just so competitive with it that like I don't. It's addictive. I try it's to so go addictive. for like a weekend and just go see everybody and hang out, and it's like, uh -huh. oh my gosh, I got to get back and start going, mm -hmm. sign up for another. Um, but like, I'll never, I'll never completely stop altogether with competitions. At least I hope so. Um, you know, that's a world that my kids really hadn't seen yet. Um, my daughter's four; she'll be five in October, and my boys two. Um, you know, they've watched me guide and do the lodge and train, uh, yeah. but never like go to a test. And I really want them to be able to see that and do that. And, you know, Harper's got her own dog, um, that we've kind of trained together. Obviously she's, she's four, but, um, 
no i mean they're so active yeah he has a blast with it i mean she she knows everything to say even at four and you know being who she is with all that sass she's got too she uh she can make that dog do just about anything she wants it to uh, and it's crazy because pater's the same way with dolly dolly will just ignore ignore me like not even look in my direction and you're and you're blatantly getting ignored and then ted will be like come on girl and it's like no okay let's go i'm like that is just not even right i put all the manners on that dog you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is funny put my daughter to bed and you know take our dog her name is hooch and like have her go outside real quick or something like that go to the bathroom before she goes to bed and uh harper will run upstairs go to bed and as soon as you open that door hooch is like right up there right on the bed lays down it's like she's gone like yeah don't call me i'm i'm sleeping with harper i mean that's (laughs) it's been like that since like she was little little so um it's a cool bond to watch and it's it's you know my world our world like it's it's awesome to pass that on to see that it is and then um when you can take that and and instill those principles too with your clients and then watch them have the joy, even though they don't they don't completely understand every facet that went into building that dog, but the appreciation right, that right. they have and the fact that they want to create that generation is it is very very rewarding. So, yeah. Now I'm not traveling around with a trailer full of dogs. I'm down to four and um, just my just my girls, and then um, it's it is crazy how you miss that interaction and how we feed off of the encouragement and excitement of watching our clients develop so it's one thing to have the dog but it's another thing to know like okay well, we got to build these people too to make sure that the dog reaches this potential and that they have the best success right right i yeah. just love yeah. that to be able to create that bond with them you know you always get the they're kind of a little worried about um uh you know, having somebody train a dog for them or something like that as a trainer, you know, it's definitely understandable. But like when we have, and this is not just me, this is, you know, all good trainers out there, you know, I believe in that, that bond as a puppy in the very beginning. And, you know, they're never going to forget their owner when it comes to that side of it. And how you go about training too helps structure that bond. You know, it's, it's our job as trainers to not just get the job done, but to secure that bond. And, you know, they left a family, they come to your place. Um, you know, here we have, um, our house kennels and (laughs) there's a puppy. (laughs) Uh, we have our kennels in the house and then we have our, our training kennel and we'll cycle them in and out, um, kind of every week, every dog gets a chance to come inside and kind of see home life and things like that. Um, cause that is culture shock for so many of them to go from the bed or the couch to the kennel. With yeah, somebody staring at them through the fence. and <laughs> Every dog's yeah. got a different personality. I mean, I believe wholeheartedly in that you can't have a program. I mean, listen, we all we all have a goal that we want to get to, and there's things that we have to do to, to achieve that goal. But as far as the program, you know, you're never going to train any other, any dog the same way that you trained the previous one, in my opinion. Um, you got to be able to kind of bend a little bit and move around and work with that dog. And when you try to just make it happen, that dog starts to lose its like kind of want to have a mm-hmm. bond almost. And they're just like, okay, this guy's just going to make me do stuff. And then he, you know, puts me up and then he's, you know, and we try to break that cycle. And it's, it's a huge thing with all, all the trainers and any, you know, dog owner guys that love and women that love the outdoors and uh, the dog life, but being able to create that bond when you're training or while you're training throughout the entire process, I think is huge when they go back home. Um, Cause yeah, if you just, if you take a dog off the couch, you bring him into a kennel and you know, they train, they eat, they sleep in a kennel. They get up, they train, they eat, sleep in a kennel. I think you, you lose that trust factor with that dog. And they just kind of, you know, my owner gave me away and now I'm living in a metal box and all I do <laughs> is get out every once in a while and yeah, sure. Pick them up ducks and stuff like that's fun. But um you know, I kind of want to be able to, you know, man's best friend is the saying for a reason. They really want to please you and do everything for you. So. Oh, well, I, I love that. And there's so many clients that they need to hear that. They need to hear that to turn their dog over, to know that they are making the right decision. Yeah. And yeah. and really all of us, my our entire, because we have so many mutual friends, like everybody has that mentality. 
Yeah. Not everybody can bring, you know, circle dogs into the house, but but I know that people are spending quality time with dogs. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, and it it's crazy. Have to be to the extent of bringing them in the house, but you know, I think I get a better bond when I do that, and we just, you know, we're able to do it. But I know, even when I wasn't doing that, you know, you're spending extra time. Yeah, you do, and then some of those dogs, and... it's hard to let them go back to their parents. <laughs> you know, no, like no. I don't want you to go home. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. That's always a tough one, especially yeah. like my daughter. My daughter knows every every dog in the kennel. I mean, she comes down there with me in the mornings and helps me spray out and <clears throat> air dogs and load dogs and get ready to go and helps, you know, get birds out of the freezer or get pigeons caught up or whatever it may be. And, you know, you know, all of a sudden Lucy goes home and it's like, Who, who's that? It's like, oh, those are Lucy's owners. And is she going home? I it's know. Like, yeah. oh, I mean, they're, they're so a part sad. of our family. It's not just a business here. We love we love everything about it. I mean, yeah, our I life know. Our I'm life. with you. <laughs> I still um like text clients from you know a couple years back asking about dogs. Like, how's this dog doing? You know, like, mm-hmm. if I'm in the area, I want to go hunting with y'all. Yeah, which My I've got to make a point to come up there. Get, get get the hunting pictures every year, yeah. every season. The hunting pictures you receive are, I mean, they're starting to flood in right now. They're getting, you know, we're getting close to, <clears throat> you know getting this dog ready or getting ready for the road trip for the first grouse hunt of the year for our, you know, go to Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, kind of do the loop up there. And then, you know, even some of our past dog clients are coming out to grouse hunt out here, West river this year. And, um, and they, you know, getting ready to do that. Sometimes they do, you know, we have DIY options out there. So, but getting those pictures and seeing, you know, the pictures with the family and the hunting pictures every year and seeing that bond. It's like, you know, it's a, it's something you'll never forget. Hunting with a dog every season. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how did you find your way to South Dakota? Cause I guess I talked to you maybe two years ago. Yeah. Maybe it was last summer just to see about hosting an event there. And just, I just have so (laughs) many ladies that love hunting and I've never, I've never hosted just the ladies hunt. I've been um, to um, Huron to their a big event that they have every year. I've done that a few times yeah. and love that. That that would be a team tournament hunt where you draw your ranch and you don't know where you're going and all this cool fun stuff. That's a blast. But I've never just done like a lodge event there. So that and I need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, getting to South Dakota was, uh, that was through competitions. Um, I needed to qualify a few more dogs for nationals. Um, and really, you know, Minnesota hosts a lot of, a lot of hunt tests and they had some that were kind of back to back basically. Um, I ran to one in, in, uh, Wisconsin, met a guy out there, stayed with him for a while. And then, uh, you know, Ran one in Wisconsin, went to Minnesota, back to Wisconsin, back to Minnesota, and then back to Michigan. Um, and in that process, I, I met a guy um, that runs dogs as well, and he lives in Minnesota, and he knows um, the owners of, of Grand CL Lodge out here in South Dakota, and he guides for them. Um, and we just kind of kept in contact after, you know, just one of those, like we talked about in the beginning, just, you know, when you're in the dog world, it just happens so organically you know, a friendship. I mean, real quick. And I know it's so funny how you're talking about, yeah, stay with this person. Stay with, and that's so true that dog people during hunting season, you just never know where you're going to crash and you don't even worry about it. And then you yeah. end up somewhere and then there's like four dog trailers there and everybody's got dogs staked out. Yeah. Everybody's just like, it's okay, always like relaxing. It. You start seeing yeah. dog trailers. It's like, Oh, my people. My people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I met this gentleman and, uh, you know, he, he introduced me to Brad and Julie, the, the owners of uh, Grand CL. And I helped guide for a little bit, kind of the first year. And they were looking for more of a manager um, to kind of do, you know, the food plot side of it as well. And they they are big into uh, Brock Francais, which is a, a French pointer. They look a lot like yeah. a German short hair as well. <clears throat> and uh, great dogs, great demeanor. And, you know go back home, talk it over with the wife and try to figure out what we were going to do, try to do it part-time, whatever, how we were going to do it. What was really getting me at that time was, you know, we had just had Harper and my daughter and uh, leaving for four months to go 
train in Georgia while my wife and daughter stayed up was that was the kind of the kicker for me is I couldn't do it anymore. I mean, I love competing, but I hate being away. And yeah. uh, this kind of gave us the opportunity to be able to kind of do everything that, you know, I missed guiding when I was competing. Um, and now that I'm guiding, you know, you miss, miss competing as well, but bringing my kids and my wife, you know, she, she's here at the lodge, you know, the owners are still here. They're still a part of everything. Um, and the dogs and everything like that. We moved out to South Dakota, took over management, um, and kind of the rest is history from there. We've just been growing it ever since and built the dog kennel out here and moved everything. And I think there's such a cool history there, you know, and, and it really is the American dream, the lodge that you're at. I, I read how like the couple moved there. They had other jobs and they had this dream of a lodge and they raised their kids building this business. And now they've brought you guys in with your young kids. Like they've already started like almost like a third generation out yeah. of just a dream. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I mean, the dog training was, was one thing, the, you know, the guide and run the lodge. And now with the, you know, in the last couple of years, the lease is out West and kind of expanding this thing huge. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I don't know if it's everybody's dream. It's, it's dang sure my dream. Um, <laughs> I love it every day. I can't believe that I go train dogs. And then during the hunting season, I go hunt every day. And, you know, I don't necessarily a lot of, I know I got a lot of buddies that, you know, have to pull the trigger and that's fine. And, you know, I love to hunt too, but being out there with everyone is, is it kind of brings that competition feel back where you're out there with, you know, your people. I mean, yeah. hunters from you're all making over this the sound, country. You're making this sound like you live an easy life. Now we all know on the other side uh, of that, when you've got a kennel full of dogs and everything, that's hard. And that's one thing I don't miss. I don't have to go outside at 11 o'clock and air everybody for one last time mm -hmm. or go, or, you know, in the blizzard, I'm not going to have. I'm not going to have to go out to the trailer when it's two degrees outside. I don't have to do that this year. <laughs> I'm yeah, pretty yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah. The, the kennel life, you know, everyone likes dogs. I think, you know, trainers out there, we've all had, you know, our, our fair share of people want to apply and want to work with us and be dog trainers and things like that. But, um, you know, with, with a lot of my friends in the dog industry and thing like that, we just, I think we've just kind of came up with like, liking dogs and liking the idea of hunt tests and guiding or whatever it may be is not enough. I mean, oh, yeah. you can't like it. You have to love it because, you know, Christmas, you can't just close down the warehouse. Thanksgiving, you exactly. can't close down the warehouse. They're either traveling with you or somebody has to work on Christmas or someone has to work on Thanksgiving or any holiday. I mean, they, you know, you're you got to feed animals. I mean, <laughs> right? eat and train and, keep healthy someone you know inevitably somebody always you know tears a pad or something like that right around a holiday or you know you got to get them worked on or whatever it is something happens i mean their dogs they play around pretty rough especially the big pointers that, that are used to running they take you know three days in a in a kennel hanging out and just only getting airing time they're like what are we doing like we got busting yeah busting they don't know it's scene. christmas you know what i mean they don't know it's thanksgiving <laughs> they want to get out there so um but yeah that's uh you know, it's every day, whether you're training or not, or guiding or not, it's, it's still every day. You got to be there. Uh, well, I, hard um, work, but you got to love it. I showed up at the first hunt I went to with Chad <clears throat> and I showed up at, at the, where they were staying at the lodge and I've got like 15 dogs with me. Right. And they have Axel and I'm thinking, what, what have I been doing wrong? Like they just opened the door and he goes out and does his thing and he comes right back and like they never even go outside. I'm outside for like two hours. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it was so funny. It was like, oh, so this is why Ryan loves duck hunting because you literally just need one dog. Where we need, you know, we got to keep switching out our dogs because they don't last all day. Yeah, so yeah. it was like such an eye opener. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know if this is going to replace me chasing pheasants, but. Right, right. Yeah, it was it was a big eye opener just because I'd only been upland hunting for so long and I was around everybody like us. So everybody yeah. had the same chores. Yeah. We all did them together. We all set our timers. We all showed up with our headlamps, you know, at 6 a.m. Everybody was out there and dogs at the same time. 
Yeah. And so yeah. you just, you get into this bubble, you think everybody's like you, and then you're like, oh, no, there's actually like a whole other world out there where you don't yeah, you need to just have 15 friends hunting and one dog instead of 15 yeah. dogs and one friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh my gosh. So I don't know. I felt like they were the odd ones and they thought I was just a circus. So it's a circus. That's for sure. It's, yeah. uh, it's constant. Yeah. When you, so, uh, they're, they're running, uh, I don't know. It depends on which, which kind of brace I've got out there at the time, I guess. West river is the big one, you know, they're running big open prairie land, uh, bluffs and things like that, uh, drainages and, uh, for the grouse out there, you know, they're doing like my English pointers do like these big hundred, 200 yard, like circles, basically. They just keep yeah. doing circles. It's not really quartering and flushing or, you know, complete opposite, um, of grouse hunting or even quail hunting down South. But, um, you know, you have three dogs you start with and, you know, an hour down the road, you got to replace one or. And as soon as you replace one, 15 minutes down the road, they get a cactus in their foot or something like that. And it's like, yeah, you got to have, you got to have quite a bit. Um, and you got to have tough dogs too. I mean, you got to have some that'll run through a brick wall for, for you. And they love it. Don't get me wrong. It's, I'm not making them do anything. They have to stay within the guidelines of, you know, hunting as far as like going too far, bumping birds, anything like that. But uh, for the most part, it's, it's a, it's a, we're working as a team out there, you know? So, but yeah, you have to have, you got to keep your eye on them constantly at the end of the night, after everyone's done hunting, you've had a long day, it's tailgate checks and feed and water and air and settle down and get back up early before everyone else and feed and water and air and get ready and load. And yeah, it's, but it's fun, man. I, I, absolutely love this like i said this is i don't know if it's everybody's but um it's it's definitely my dream it's i wouldn't have it any other way working with dogs every day like this so when when people come and hunt with you guys are they able to bring their own dogs and like are you set up for that and yeah like what, what's it here. like there i know you've told me about it but i can't remember i can't remember it's like you sleep what 14 or is we have bigger? uh 12 spots here at the lodge um and we kind of run a camp setup out west at our west river camp is what we call it out there um here at the lodge is um we can do 12 we do a lot of corporate hunts type things but um yeah uh, anybody can bring their dog we you know obviously for for the safety of all the dogs we kind of have to check them out as far as you know they they can run with our pack and things like that but um just make sure there's not going to be any dog fights or anything. You always want to make sure every, all the dogs stay safe there. I mean, you got yeah. our dogs that are, they do this every day and they wake up ready to come shooting out of a cannon and, uh, you know, they can't see each other when the field. So, you know, three of them see a bird go down and, but they don't see each other and they all take off after it. You got to make sure that they're not going to fight over it and fight each other and pull the bird apart or something like that. So, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have, we got people that show up and, you know, they'll hunt a couple of days maybe with just their dogs. Um, and I'll be with them kind of showing them possibly the ropes of, you know, where to go, whether it be pheasant or, uh, grouse. Um, or we can kind of, if they've got one dog, we can kind of mix the pack a little bit. I'll run some older dogs that kind of know what's going on. And, um, but yeah, you know, dogs stay in the lodge. Uh, we also have heated kennels. Um, we got a place of the people that show up with, with, uh, toppers or slide ins or something like that. We've got a heated barn that, you know, if they prefer their dog to kind of sleep in their truck or something, they can yeah. park down in the barn. Um, either way, That's they're all, nice. everything's heated. So, yeah, that is the setup. So what have, have you seen like numbers just explode? Everybody's, um, ready to get out there and, and go hunting or is it still just like steady right now with your bookings? No, we're, yeah, we've got, I don't know, we got a few DIY hunt spots left. Um, and then we have a few uh, kind of guided hunts, but corporate hunts are pretty much booked up besides one or two spots. But um, we have, uh, yeah, I think with our bookings, we, we book everybody just about for like April. I mean, everybody calls in and like our corporate hunts, like the day they leave they get put on the calendar they want to be put on the calendar so they don't lose like opening day or the next weekend or and they just 
you know, they keep coming back. Um, it's the experience. It's not about the killing part of it for a lot of these guys, you know, the whole experience down to, you know, we do everything from kind of DIY. You can stay in the lodge, you can hunt our properties, you can hunt our leases, uh, feed yourself type of thing. Um, all the way to like our VIP hunt, which is everything included. You literally just, I got to show up with clothes. We've got guns here. Um, we've got all your ammo, three meals a day, three meals a day, um, everything, bird cleaning, everything can be taken care of. So everything in between. Well, that's so cool. I think that it's amazing that you landed this opportunity. Especially to build this legacy and, and everything like the the website really showcases the heart of the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's there's a lot of different lodges in the country and ours is is unique, just like everyone else's is unique. Um, what I really love about ours is the way that we take in, you know, it's it's one client at a time. It's one group at a time. Um and there's bigger lodges that kind of do it a little differently. And those are great places as well. There's, there's nothing wrong with those. Um, but I love the kind of the camaraderie we get when, you know, anybody can come hunt at Grand Seal Lodge, but when you're here, it's literally your lodge, your property. Um, we don't mix hunters. We don't mix meals or anything like that. It's, it's you. Um, some guys, sometimes we have people stay, if it's just DIY guys that go hunt our leases around, but you'll never, you never see them. Um, we got other people that kind of help them out. And then, but when you're here on the property, it's, it's like a private club at that point. It's, it's your so three cool. days or four days. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I guess you pretty much see yourself just retiring there, huh? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the, I mean, uh, like... just depends on how, how everything you know, with how we're building this right now, I mean, we don't ever have any plans to, to leave South Dakota, but, you know, the bouncing things back and forth for West River and East River, um, as far as the lodge and then the grouse camp out West is, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of plans and a lot of goals. And right now we got to find people to, to help us. That's, that's a hard one, but, uh, don't tempt uh, me. I already told you that we went to Sturgis and I fell in love with, um, with all of South Dakota. And it was my first trip actually going West. Yeah. And yeah. we did, we took a day and we just drove around and just toured, you know, all the sites. And I just, I couldn't believe just how beautiful that is. And I'm addicted to all those little cowboy towns. Yeah. Like just drop me off at Deadwood. Oh, I yeah, only yeah. leave to go hunt, you know? And, yep. and my parents have always said like, if you ever go out there, you'll never come home. And I just never made it out True. there because of our lifestyle, True. right? And so now it's like all I think about. We actually watched Deadwood last night, the the Western movie, and I'm like, when are we going back? When are, when are we going back like to Real Tail? Like we need a trip, right? But it's yeah. home season, so it'll be another six yeah. seven months before we have the opportunity to do that. But I'm with you. I think if I had the opportunity to move to South Dakota, I wouldn't think twice. Yeah. It's beautiful up here. The the terrain, obviously, you know, if you love walking behind dogs like we do, I mean, there's there's a lot of great places you can do it. And one of them is, you know, one of them is South Dakota for sure, between the, the abundance of, you know, the, obviously pheasant capital of the world. Uh, but we've got amazing grouse numbers as well um, out here with all our prairie lands and um, even our national lands, if you're not going to come do a DIY on private land or a guided hunt, like there's, there's property everywhere in South Dakota to, uh, go hunt birds. Um, it's and the culture there. Like, I don't know if everybody listening, like we talk, like everybody goes to South Dakota, but not everybody does, especially right, from right. the South. It seems so far. And I have to remind myself that when, you know, we pack the truck and we leave for five months. We're not normal, <laughs> you know, but it becomes our normal life. And so I just don't know how a bird hunter could not make that trip at least once. Like you would cheat yourself so much to not experience like South Dakota culture. The people of South Dakota is, it really is like the South without being Southern. Yeah. Yeah. I, I spent a lot of time, obviously 
you know, kind of visiting, but a lot of years down in Georgia with friends and, you know, the, the culture down there is, is something that is kind of unmatched in the South. I mean, it, it really is like one of the nicest places to be. And when you come South Dakota, there's, there's a little bit of a feel of that mm-hmm. here um, and in North Dakota as well. But uh, there is a little bit of feel when you come here that it's just, you know, small towns and kind of a hunting culture and, you know, hunting yeah. in itself drives these Western states. Uh, South Dakota is one of them. Obviously it's a, it's a huge, huge market for the entire state for everybody. Um, not just the outfitters or the, the dog trainers or whatever, but uh, everywhere, the hotels. Um, Every, like nobody blinks an eye when you're walking in with your shotgun and your dog <laughs> and it's the coolest thing. So I've never stayed at a lodge in South Dakota. So I, I yep. have to make that like, that's the, the next thing that I'm going to do is maybe lodge hop South Dakota, but you can't start hunting until 10 o'clock. Yep. So everybody gets up and does all your dog tours. Like what are, what are we going to do until 10 o'clock? Right. Well, we're going to go down to the local cafe. We're all going to drink coffee and eat breakfast until we can go get in the field. And yeah. everybody yeah. in there has got all their hunting clothes on. <laughs> and it's like the, I'll never forget like walking in the first time. And I, I told my mom, I was like, we came out of the field one evening and we were staying at this hotel that had a restaurant and like a bar in there. And so everybody staying at this hotel, of course, was a hunter and they were there to hunt. So I'm on the phone with my mom in Georgia and I'm like, you are not going to believe this. These hunters just walked in. They didn't even go up to the room yet. There is a dog laying in the bar, just chilling in the floor. And they all put, just propped their shotguns up at the door just went and got a seat, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, I love this place. I never want to leave. And it was so normal. You know I mean? This place is packed, but you could tell they were locals and um, just that's their hangout. And so I just absolutely love the culture and the people. And it's all like, come on over big family dinner style. You know, you never know who you're going to meet at those breakfasts or at the bar at night and their hunts and, where you're going to get invited to go to next and there's so many towns across or or hunting towns in other states they're like that but i've always felt there was something special about south dakota yeah i mean we think so i'm obviously not uh not from south dakota but you know you you'd mentioned uh, a little earlier about you know you'd be doing yourself kind of injustice by not coming out here Mm -hmm. uh, if you're a bird hunter um that includes you know, waterfowl as well. I mean, it's a kind of an underwritten state as far as waterfowl is concerned. But um, if you're an upland hunter, this is definitely a place you, you've got to check off your list at some point and kind of go back to the the nostalgia of all this. Um, you know, when we, when I first got my pointer, I was talking with my grandpa. Uh, one of the, the funny things that always kind of like comes back in my mind every once in a while is having uh my first pointer and always having my, my grandpa's pointers. Uh, my first pointer was named sport. And, uh, I was real original with his name. It was Corey's favorite sport <laughs> was his name. And, um, oh, grandpa, that's awesome. Uh, runs a, runs a construction company that, you know, they do pools and kind of anything with, with big equipment. And, uh, they, you know, during the winter, they get time off for the most part, um, kind yeah. of prepping jobs or something like that, but they don't do a whole lot in Michigan as far as like the digging in the ground. And it's like one of these days, it's whatever I was a kid, like since I was a kid, it was, you know, one of these days we'll go to South Dakota. One of these days we'll go to South Dakota and we'll run, we'll go chase real roosters in South Dakota instead of, you know, put and take stuff in Michigan. That's all we had there. Um, right. and then now to be here, uh, is and live here and kind of run that game not just live here but be in that world here with dogs with pheasant hunting and the lodge and everything like we were going to go visit it one day and now we're here so i that's, love that's that cool... and that's the thing is you know when i started this podcast i get all geeked up talking about like shooting techniques or breaking down dog training or whatever and we could talk about that for hours but it's really the, like the heart of the American hunter that keeps all this going. Yeah. 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 It's that bond. I, I just don't see the, you know, I've seen, I couldn't tell you how many points, whether good, bad, or, you know, 
just learning whatever it is as far as a dog on point. And every time I see it, I'm like a little kid again. I mean, it's the coolest thing in the world to me to be able to see a dog. And I know he's going to do it. You know, I know the dog's yeah. going to stop on a bird, but every time I do, I'm just like, did you guys see that? Like, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I get so excited about it. Um, and that's for me, like, I love to hunt. I love to shoot. Um, but being there in the field with the dogs is is awesome. And I'm with you on the on the training stuff. If I get started talking about training, it's going to be it's going to be a long day. <laughs> I know. And, and, and it's such a dork about it. But it was one of those things where one day I was just sitting around and I was like, maybe I haven't showcased the most important part of why I'm doing what I'm doing, because like this was never a planned career for me. I didn't even know this really existed. Um, I got a short hair because they were so cute and I'd fought that off for five years of getting um, a puppy when my friend had litter. So Haterbug was like nine months old and I thought, oh yeah, it's just a great idea to get a short hair and I'm not even a bird hunter with a baby at nine months old. I mean, that was like the dumbest thing I could have ever done. <laughs> and so, you know, you just, I just fell into it, but it was just like you, it was like this bond and this love for something that you can hardly even put into words, but it is literally like the, biggest sense of adventure i think i've ever had in my life yeah like this dog just puts me in my truck and we just head west which now i'm west so now i head east but literally like i i didn't even know where i was gonna end up half the time i just left it was so much fun i'm like one place is gonna lead to another and you just run with it right you you and i have turned it into a career and a lot of people we know have turned it into a career but when you don't have to turn it into a career to get those same feelings. Like drive across the country with two pointers and meet somebody and have a place to stay or a place to hunt yeah. or um, next year meet started. up. And then yeah. friendships, right. yeah, friendships just, are just, I mean, like I said, they, they come so organically when you have Especially that Especially with the short hair cult. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's so funny how usually, you know, people just stay with the first dog that they get. And then, and that's what's so much fun at Pheasant Fest, I think, is because every breed is there and you yeah. got all the dog clubs uh-huh. and it's just like one cult after another. And it is, it's just so much fun. I love that section of the floor, yeah. but the I don't know. It was like pointers, <clears throat> different pointers, <throat> run English pointers or German short hairs or French pointers or yeah. I mean, it's a, uh... do you have to take the time to go through that? Like switch your hat. So people don't like just automatically recognize you and every single booth, even though they're 10 feet away, somebody's going to be like, this is the best breed because, and then yeah, you go to yeah. the next one. Yeah, nope. Yeah. This is the best breed because this, and that, that breed over there can't do this. And and it yeah, is yeah. comical. And it's yeah, just yeah. the greatest thing ever to see people absolutely love this more than life. You know, like there's nothing else. You, for bird dogs. And if you got into like one of those conversations of a, you know, a German short hair guy talking to a, English pointer, uh, lover, whatever, you know, family, they've grown up with them their whole <laughs> life. If you got into one of those conversations, you think they were like, never going to talk to each other again. And then, uh, <laughs> they're hunting next weekend. It's like, oh, no. it's, they've got such a love and understanding, uh, for the breed and their dog uh, specifically, but the breed in general, and everyone wants to fight for it. Like it's, it's their, you know, alma mater football team or, you I know, know it's hilarious. <laughs> Ronnie Smith gives me heck every time we see him. He's like, okay, have you wisened up and got a dog with a tail yet? I'm like, yeah, littles, I got a lab. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah. so, um, but you're right. I don't know. Like, I guess people need, if you're a bird hunter, you need to go two places. And if you go once, you'll never miss it. South Dakota and Pheasant Fest. And the yeah. crazy thing that kills me about that is you've got nwtf pheasant fest and seaweed the same weekend almost every single year yeah and you can't hit all three of them at once like i'm probably gonna have to hit two which means i don't really get to see or invest myself as much as i'd like to in one or the other but you know you just got to do what you got to do and i'm like yeah we want to enjoy these things people they need to get their calendar straight yeah, and yeah, I don't think I've been to the other ones. We've been going to Pheasant Fest for so long. I've, I've had a, a, a great relationship with Pheasants Fest, especially, or Pheasants Forever, um, mm-hmm. especially for the last couple of years with what we're doing with our property management. 
um, here, the property we own here. Uh, but yeah, you know, you want to hit all these different places and go meet people and obviously your booth and everything like that that you have to do. But uh, it's a, that's a grind in itself. I'll just hang out at yours. I'm not hauling a booth there. What's that? <laughs> I said, I'm not going to haul a booth there this next time. I'll just hang out at yours. <clears throat> yeah, come on. Come yeah, on. I'll we'll, be a... we'll just go, we'll just go walk around and short hair snobs. Yep, Back to the, the short hair snob life. Take off and go walk around <laughs> with dogs and have conversations <laughs> with everyone. Watch everybody argue about whose dog's best. It is the best thing. And what is so funny is how Bob like stirs up all those conversations. He's yeah. like the best at doing that. So yeah, yeah, you've gotten missing all this. I forget what it was. I think it was in Minnesota. Um, I had a young dog that I think we were we were doing some collar work at the dog tour booth. We we're going to put it up on the table and um, kind of explain how tight to put the collar and things like that. Things you don't think about. I mean, I don't, I just, you slap Do the it. collar on so many yeah. times. It's just, it's there, you know, how tight it is. But, um, to people that are getting, that are new into it, it's, it's very important to get that collar right position, right. Um, it makes all the difference for timing one and to make sure that you're getting the connection you need. Um, mm -hmm. so you don't have to turn the collar up. And that's where a lot of people um, have gone wrong before. Um, and it's, it's accident. It's not on purpose, but you know, if you don't get that connection, you're like, oh, they don't feel it. They don't feel it. And then all of a sudden right. they feel you it. You light them up. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm walking through and it was this, uh, you get it everywhere, but you, you know, walking this puppy and there's, there's dogs everywhere and we're kind of doing, you know, a little bit of training stuff with it right now, but it was more just birds at the time and, you know, bench stuff and, uh, walking by and a guy's guy walks by and I don't think I had my lanyard on yet. We're just going to kind of go over it and go meet Pete, try to figure <laughs> out where we're going to, I didn't have my hat on yet. And I was just kind of walking through with a hoodie and guys like, it's like, oh, if you need some training advice, uh, you know, I'll help you out. Your dog's pulling quite a bit. And it's a little young, <laughs> you know, I saw this and it's nose and everything. He's like, you got to knock that out. And it's like, I, okay, I got it. And it's not that, I, you know, I didn't take offense to it. And I don't, I don't think that I, I know everything about dog training. I learn every day. Um, but it was just kind of funny how like in the dog world in general, everybody is, you know, they've got their way of doing it and this is what happens and this is how it goes and stuff like that. Yep. It's like, and you get some people that just want to kind of point out stuff like that. It's like this, this dog's like, you know, four and a half months old. We're trying to, we're going to tell you how to put it on. No, a, it's a supposed to be like that. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be like that for an example. And it yeah. and it really is funny because everybody and and in his defense, he was probably so sincere and really wanting to help you. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it 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 didn't turn out to be a bad conversation. It was just this yeah. and it, it you know, it was like, you know, we saw the dog kind of pull a little bit and I was talking to a couple of people, so I was kind of not paying attention. So I mean a lot of it was on yeah. me, but we were just kind of working our way towards and then you got everybody in there, you know, the little kids and Everyone's trying to pet yeah, the dog. Yeah, if you've never like, been oh. to Pheasant Fest, it's it's a minute like it's like thirty thousand people in two and a half days, um, wearing like blaze orange and a dog on a lead and complete and utter chaos. And it yeah. is it's it's the coolest thing ever. It's like some massive it's, bird hunt fraternity party or something. Yeah, it's a, it's a redneck formal. I mean, it is. <laughs> yes. Everybody and has so to go. Funny. And I loved. I love the fact that you go to like Minnesota, you go to downtown Minneapolis and everybody's got to wear orange to walk through. I know through. because nobody <laughs> wears camo at NWTF or anything that like, <laughs> nobody comes showing up in their turkey clothes, but you go to a bird hunting event and everybody takes out their starch field shirt <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. and we're, head, we're headed to it. town. Yeah. They're, all they're missing is their gun and they probably got ammo in their pockets. I mean, that's just, yep. <laughs> you're right. That's so true. Oh my God. That's so funny. It really is. And and it does change. I think the culture and the experience of it, because everybody's so geeked up and you just stand around and just talk about what we're talking about right now. Can't get yeah, enough yeah. of, like you said, when we started telling the stories, your hunting stories and talking about your dog and, that like that's really like our purpose is just to keep this tradition alive yeah 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 we do a lot of uh 
we do a wounded warrior hunt out here, uh, introduce people, uh, Purple Heart recipients uh, out of Grand Seal Lodge and the owners of Grand Seal, Brad and Julie have been doing it for, uh, it's gotta be close to 15 years now. Um, but we're, we're doing a lot of um, like this learn to hunt program that we kind of started. We did a little bit of a film with Pheasants Forever about it. Um, and then uh, David Miller uh, with CZ, uh, we're trying to get together on whether it be men, women, children, whoever it is that haven't really gone out in the field or gone out in the field with a dog or um, don't really know how to do this. It's kind of like a hunt safe course, I guess. But, yeah. you know, in that program, we'll do three days of, you know, learning how to shoot, how to properly shoot the different types mm -hmm. of guns. And then, you know, day two is kind of a, we hunt over labs. We do like a mock hunt over labs yep. and a mock hunt over pointers. And then day three is like, Dave takes his dogs out and I take my dogs out and we split up the group and then we switch after lunch and we go, we go and do a hunt. So one of my favorite things and, and something that I really want to get more into, um, as far as like a, a legacy thing is, it's getting people in the outdoors. I mean, it's oh, such yeah. a, I have so much fun with it. I don't know. Not that I think that people who aren't in the outdoors are wrong, but I don't know how you couldn't love the outdoors if you're hunting or not hunting, if you're just watching the dogs work, it's a, um, that's art in itself, especially, you know, watching a pointer, uh, you know, brace one dog is, is amazing, but watching a whole brace run, um, three, four dogs, one stops, another one comes up, finally sees it and they stop. They don't know why, but that one's got a bird. So they stop and then you, yep. it's, it's artwork in the field. Um, but getting kids in the outdoors and, uh, women and men out in the outdoors that haven't ever done it before. That's kind of my new, my new goals in the future. So. I love that. I love that so much because that was really what I was doing um, before, before I ended up coming back into like, you know, the, the filming side of things and, and it is so rewarding. And I think that's what tournament hunting did for me. Like there's so many people that um, go to a shooting instructor, they learn how to shoot. And they send their dog off to the dog trainer. But then when they get their dog back, they're not really sure how to combine everything. And and tournament hunting made me master that. You know, yep. like I had to do it on a clock and in a small space. And I could not miss a movement of my dog because I could blow the situation that would cost me a lot of money. <laughs> right, you know? Right. And so um that that became like my favorite thing was to say, okay, like now you got all of the, these building blocks. Let me show you how to use them together. Right. Yeah. Yep. I get it. I love it. I love it. And, and I think that people hearing that and realizing um, that there is another step there, you know, that there's a little bit more to learn so that their shooting don't go to crap because they're more focused on their dog or they're so worried about letting their dog, you know, get into a danger zone or whatever, you know, like there's right, just a lot right. that goes into it when they, when it all comes together. Yeah. And like tuning up stuff. I mean, you get, you get a lot of people that they'll go shoot clays or they'll go to a club and, you know, shoot clays or uh, whatever it may be to, to kind of practice for the season, whether it be ducks or upland or whatever it is. Um, but then, you know, some people that have their dogs trained or they train their dogs, getting kind of that tune up ready is always kind of a hard thing. Like we go practice and we go shoot, but, um, kind of do trying to do simulated hunts with your dog to yeah. get them ready. Um, it's hard to find places to go, get them for, in shape. <laughs> yeah. Get them in shape. And then also like, you know, some, sometimes people don't understand like a drill they could do, um, or what to watch for. Or will my dog creep if it's a pointer? Like, is it going to catwalk across the field, uh, this year? Because, it's been, you know, watching Robins all summer long and not really having oh, to do certain gosh. things. So that's something that's um, killed so. me. I dread, I dread finding out how bad my dogs are. We've got gambles that just sit right on the fence, right oh, outside man. their pen. Yeah. And Do I went, I went by there the other day, and Dolly's on point, and I'm like, what am I gonna do? She stands there, she stands there, she stands there. She finally cuts her eyes at me. You know, the short hair side stare. Like, yeah. are you yeah. gonna take care of this, or are you ignoring me? Like totally right, just right. cussing me out i know yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. it's just yeah, in there yeah. and and mercy's the older one and she's like you punk like 
rookie like we're at the house like she's not gonna shoot that bird you know not even paying attention right, right. but it's so funny because you're right like they get so geeked up and they just they have to go back through that um oh yeah i'm not the boss anymore <laughs> yeah that knocking the rust off too i mean you know like greatest athletes on the planet um football or baseball or soccer whatever it is i mean they all go through practice and like training camps and getting ready to get back in the game again. I mean, we've got to do those things with our dogs as well. Um, but knowing what to do, if the dog is trained or you're getting ready to train the dog or whatever it is, knowing what to do is and where to go with it. Um, and you know, you can always bring them to a trainer again, but having that bond with that dog, I think is a special one. We do, um, a few years ago, we started VIP lessons, um, just virtual interactive private lessons that I'll do where we can do a Zoom like this. And I, they set it up and I can watch them in the field with their dog mm-hmm. and I can show them and then I can back up in the field and I can show them a drill and that's it's live um, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, movies and books and everything like that help. But when you when you get somebody there looking at the dog that you're actually with versus a, a general kind of scope of how the dog should work. Um, that seems to have been a, a huge thing that has helped everyone out, uh, whether it be, uh, and we've gotten like aggression issues that I wasn't even trying to do, like, you know, just people yeah. in town that needed some help with some things, uh, you know, adopted a dog or something like that, not even hunting related, yeah. but um, yeah, those, the the lessons and the tune-ups and constantly working your dog and challenging them. And that doesn't mean you have to go and, you know, run them 10 miles and try to get on a whole bunch of birds and stuff like that. It's just little drills that, can make that dog better and it's just little reminders little tune-ups so i love that yeah okay so how do you um send people to find you for doing these um zoom drills or to book a trip out to south dakota how do people get in touch with you so we have uh for the kennel it's the dog park prk.com um that's it's the same thing for my email, the dog park at Gmail. And then uh Grand C L Lodge, C I E L Lodge, um, is for the hunting. And you can either do pheasant hunting here, East River, South Dakota, or West River Camp out in West River for grouse. And then we have um kind of our social media is is you know the dog park uh, or Grand C L Lodge and Instagram as well. So Okay, I'm I'm gonna add all this um on your description too, so it'll be posted on the link for this podcast. Yeah, you got me all geeked up about bird season and not just the hunting part, but the the camaraderie and the things that we like the main stories that we tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. over and over and over. It's always pheasant fest. It's um the lodge life. I just I love that. I love meeting all the people at the lodge and spending the time with them and like learning about what drove them to make this commitment? Because there was a massive commitment that was made for you to be able to have this opportunity that you have, you know? And so everybody's story's the same, but different. And it's, it's just, it encourages me to move yeah, it's, on. It's, and, uh, you know, there's in everybody's outdoor experience, I'm sure from uh, deer hunters, bird hunters, dog trainers, everything like that. It's a, uh, we, we work in a want business, not a, not a need business. You know, it's not, we're not electricians or plumbers where everybody needs them. Um, and it's a, it can be a gamble for all of us to try to do that and to take the time <laughs> out of your, you know, you know, blue collar life to, to take trips just to go do these things for fun as well. I mean, um, but there's such an energy that you have after, you know, the hunt is great, obviously, but the camaraderie afterwards and it's it's so addictive to i mean our grouse season starts the 17th year uh it's coming up pretty quick and i'm like giddy i can't wait for everyone to start flying in and seeing everyone's dogs and them seeing our dogs and our field and our birds and everything like that and seeing everyone from across the country too watching everybody go hunt across the country yeah um, seeing their stories it's it's addicting for sure it is addicting and it's good for the soul Everybody needs to take a little break and get out with their bird dog and just make it a priority because finding life's really short. I don't know. I, we woke up when we were kind of old, Corey. We're getting up yeah. there. 
It happens. It happens. I know. Quick. I still feel like I'm in my late twenties, and I'm like, no, I have a twenty year old. Like, I'm not. The, I look at her and I'm like, yeah, we're the same. No, we're not. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, committed to the gym life. And, and, I'm, uh, I'm committed to it because carrying your shotgun through the field, it, it's getting a little heavier every season. Yeah, you just gotta go down and caliber a little bit. Take take a twenty <laughs> gauge out or. You know, 16s, 28s, those are my favorite. I don't carry 12s anymore. I don't think I've taken a 12 gauge out of my safe. And and not that it, you know, kicks you out or it's too loud or any one of those things. It's all of them. It's heavy to carry around the field. It kicks hard and it's loud. And not that I can't handle it, but it's uh, it's way more fun to carry a 28 gauge or 16 gauge around the field than it is a big 12 gauge. So. <laughs> all right. Well, I know we could talk dogs and guns and, shooting and lodge life for forever um we may have to do this again i would love to make a trip out to south dakota and be able to swing by we've talked about it for a while now and i would just like i just think there's a really special story there where you are it's super cool that you and your wife get to raise your kids like this yeah it's a it's a blessing for sure yeah all right well thanks for coming on we'll talk to you soon yeah i appreciate it thank you very much i guess that's something you don't understand